So working in the operating room, we work a lot of call. And anybody who's ever had a job that requires call knows that holiday call is the worst. Uh, several years ago, I was covering a call shift on the evening of Christmas Day. I was at home relaxing with my kids on the couch when my pager went off. Great. So I call into work, and they tell me that I have a trauma inbound, so I better hustle butt into the OR. I kiss my kids goodbye, put on my coat, hop in the truck, and drive on into work. When I arrived, I said hello to my scrub tech, found out who my anesthesiologist was, and proceeded to set up my OR for general trauma. Now, the thing you need to understand about holiday call at night in the OR is that it's not like TV. There's no cute doctors walking around sharing Christmas cookies, uh, no hookups in the broom closet. There is just the call team, which is a nurse, a scrub tech, and an anesthesiologist, and a bunch of empty halls. Once I had every piece of equipment available to me set up and ready to go in my room, I walked down to the emergency department to see if I could find out more about my patient that was coming in. I found out that she was an 11-year-old girl. She had been pinned between two cars. She had sustained massive trauma to both of her legs, possibly her pelvis, possibly her spine, possibly her chest. We didn't know the full extent of her injuries, but we knew that they were critical. And they were also having trouble coordinating the life-flight transfer from the peninsula up to Anchorage. The trauma bays in the emergency department have glass fronts on them, so you can be standing outside in the hall and see everything that's going on without actually being part of the action. I positioned myself in the hallway outside of the bay that was ready for her, and I waited. When she finally arrived, it was immediately obvious that she was very critical. She wasn't conscious, she was barely breathing, her vital signs were very poor. And the army of assembled emergency department personnel immediately went to work. As I watched the flurry of activity, taking assessments, drawing labs, getting imaging, my sense of dismay grew as I thought about the fact that once it was my turn, it was just me, my scrub, and my anesthesiologist. The on-call orthopedic and vascular surgeons quickly determined that we wouldn't be able to save her legs and it was finally time to take her back to the OR. We ran down the halls, kind of like a TV moment, and immediately proceeded to pretend that we all had eight arms that could do 10 things at once. When I'm in a trauma type situation, my focus really narrows down and I kind of compartmentalize things. Um, I don't really have the luxury of being able to process the emotion uh, in the moment. I have a job to do, I have a patient to keep alive, I'm a nurse, it's what I do. So I kind of remember things in snapshots. Some of the things that I remember from that night are looking down at my little patient on the table and thinking that I had never seen skin so white. And she was cold, she was like a marble statue. And I remember thinking, how am I possibly supposed to start another IV line on a patient who's like a statue? I remember noting with frustration that there was a steady trickle of blood still flowing despite the trauma tourniquets that were in place and throwing another blanket down on the floor to contain the pool. 
I remember watching the surgeon pace up and down the hall and stick his head in the room repeatedly to see if we were ready for him to go and thinking that if he put his head in one more time without doing something useful, I was going to chuck something at him. I remember taking just a very brief moment and leaning down and whispering in my little patient's ear, don't stop fighting for me so that I can keep fighting for you. Once we had her stabilized, the surgeon quickly went to work and had to perform a guillotine-style amputation above the knee on both legs. A guillotine-style amputation is exactly what it sounds like. We applied pressure dressings and hustled her up to the pediatric intensive care unit where I handed her off to their very capable nurses. My job was done. Almost. I walked back down to the OR where my scrub was putting away instrumentation and starting cleanup, and I had one last job to do. I had to take my patient's formerly perfect little legs that just hours before could run and dance and jump down to pathology. I carefully wrapped them in biohazard bags, and as I carried them down the hall, I thought I had never carried anything so heavy in my life. I walked into pathology and placed her legs on the table. And I turned around and I began to cry. Because in that moment, they weren't just her legs. They were my daughter's legs. They were every child I've ever cared for's legs. And the incredible injustice of the situation just settled over me like a blanket. I drove home and I cried myself to sleep. I cried myself to sleep the next night too. But my little patient, she had a lesson to teach me about the resilience of the human spirit and the beauty of a child's heart. A couple days later when she woke up, her first questions were not about her missing legs. She wanted to know if her mom was okay and make sure that she knew it wasn't her fault. Normally, once a patient leaves my OR, I don't really know what happens to them. They're out of my care. I've done my part. But because this is a small town and she was a local girl, there's a lot of media coverage. So I got to be her cheerleader from the sidelines. I got to celebrate as she was well enough to have her breathing tube removed, as she figured out how to transfer herself from the bed to the wheelchair. I got to cheer and scream and shout when I saw news coverage of her um, learning how to walk on prosthetic legs at a children's hospital in Seattle. I got to smile and feel a glow as I saw interviews with her smiling and talking about how she was more worried about other kids who had other things going on than her with just her missing legs. I got to cheer when she came back to town and finished sixth grade and then even though she couldn't play soccer, she still wanted to be part of the soccer team, so she took up management position. <laughs> she rejoined the swim team and learned how to swim with no legs. And most recently, I had the great pleasure of finding out that she had decided to take up skiing on a sit-ski, and she won her very first race, and her second race, and a couple more after that. So... I'm the nurse you don't remember, but that doesn't mean I don't remember you.